to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, June 30th. For those of you listening to this in podcast form, welcome back. For those of you watching this episode on our YouTube channel, you can see we are live in beautiful Miami Beach for this week's Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition, put on, of course, by our friend JC Aragonian. You know what they say, win in Miami, look the part. I've got the bucket hat rolling, my aviators going. I don't think I've ever worn sunglasses in my life. I've now been wearing this pair for 12 of the last 24 hours. So, you know, I've really adapted this Miami scenery to try and give you guys that authentic experience, let you know directly what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing. And again, I'm seeing a lot of sunglasses. I'm seeing a lot of nice cars. That's part of when you're in Miami. I guess that's what they do. And, you know, what I've learned is you can take the Midwest boy out of the Midwest, but you can never take the Midwest out of the Midwest boy. Nevertheless, it has been outstanding tennis here this weekend. And I do want to give a huge shout out to our friends at Revo for the sunglasses. Of course, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Diadem for providing me a little bit of shade in this relentless heat. They're also providing the balls for this week's events. And again, we're just so appreciative for their continued support. So wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. Shout out to you, Diadem. Actually got the chance to go to their factory earlier on our drive down from Indianapolis. And Folks, there's some cool stuff on the way. You want to get on this diadem train before everyone's doing it, right? You don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I saw everyone switch to diadem, so I'm doing it. It's like if you got a Yonex racket right now as opposed to getting a Yonex racket in, like, 2016, 2015. And I'm telling you, folks, diadem is on the rise. I got to see their new models. I got to see the new racket paint jobs, just all the amazing things they're up to. Don't miss out. Go check out diadem.com. Give them a little bit of love. You want to jump on that bandwagon before there's no room left for you. Uh, of course, as always here on these mini break podcasts, have to give another huge shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports. You know the deal. Go to MidwestSports.com. Every item you need from the tennis world, clothing, strings, rackets, shoes, it's all on there and it's the best in the business. So you go to MidwestSports.com. You use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off. You'll get free two-day shipping on all orders over $75. And of course, you'll get that free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis uh, Balls as well that our friends at Midwest Sports want to ensure all of us have everything we need to make our return to the tennis court a successful one. You can do that again. Find everything by going to MidwestSports.com and using that promo code CR15. Now, with all of that being said, let's get into today's podcast. And what I want to do on today's show is talk to you not only about the results I've seen here at the Altic Steislinger exhibition. Of course, there were four exceptional matches yesterday. Uh, but I also want to let you know what we're hearing from these players on the grounds because we have ATP events resuming soon. We have Washington, D.C., the City Open on the horizon, Cincinnati, the U.S. Open. And we're fortunate enough that the players here this weekend are the players who could be playing that event given their ranking. So I wanted to ask them just what's their feeling right now in general about returning to tennis? How comfortable will they be? What have they thought about all the storylines, the narratives from throughout the professional tennis world, player relief funds and, you know, things such as the Adria Tour, their response to that? Are these players comfortable making the return to pro events? Do they think tennis had, you know, out of necessity? necessity really needs to do so. Uh, so I want to talk about that. Of course, I will start with the tennis, though, because we got to talk about tennis. This is the Mini Break Podcast. You want to hear about how these players look as we get ready to see them return to sanctioned events. And folks, here what I have to, here's what I have to say. We may not have been seeing these players compete, but they have been putting in work. There's no one here, and I was really hoping because I, would th- I think it was in April, and when we interviewed Riley Opelka, which, random side note, tangent for you Cracked Rackets fans, we've had Riley on the Cracked Interviews podcast before. 
By the way, I just feel ridiculous doing this podcast in the sunglasses. I might be doing it with my eyes closed the whole time just for the fun of it, but uh, that's a random tangent. Anyways, uh, having Riley on the show, uh, we had him, I think, two years ago, maybe beginning of 2018. And, you know, I was a young pup back then. It was still my first interviews, and I've never lacked hubris. You know, I'm always confident going into each interview. Uh, But I have a list of, like, three interviews I would have liked to redo from our past. That was always at the top of that list. And we finally got the chance to redo that interview. And folks, let me just say, I know he's become a tennis Twitter darling of late, but it completely makes sense. People should be getting excited about Riley Opelka because not only is he an exceptional talent, not only is he a physical you know, marvel, anytime someone seven feet can move that well around the court, have the sort of skills he does as a tennis player, it's going to capture all of our attention, all of our imaginations. Uh, beyond that, just such a well-rounded human. Such a, He's so clearly maturing and growing into himself. And the success has not gotten to his head. If anything, the success he's having professionally is inspiring further maturation. I think that's the word, maturation. Dalton, give me the thumbs up if it is in the background. He gave me the thumbs up. I don't know if I should be asking Dalton. Hannah, maturation word. Okay, Hannah gave me the thumbs up. I know it's real. Um, but he's just, he's an exceptional young man. And, you know, All this is to say I raved about him. What was the point of this? Just to say Riley's a good guy? No. The point is to say, you know, to talk to him. He was, you know, really candid about his thoughts, you know, Adria Tour, about the U.S. Open and whether it should or can return this year. Uh, So hopefully all of you listeners, you know, I know super producer Daniel Westoff putting on a show, working as hard as he can to get all those interviews to you. So be on the lookout for them both on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our YouTube channel as we did all of those as videos. Now, uh, to get to the tennis, and I suppose this is a good reason for me to start with Riley Opelka. That's my most impressive performer. From Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it's a tie. Riley gets the most impressive performance because he just didn't look that into his match with Steve Johnson at first. They go to a breaker. It's 3-all. And by the way, uh, Opelka ends up taking out Steve Johnson 4-3, 4-1 in the match. By the way, I, I tweeted this out at the time. Definition of a friendly, right? We're, bother- we're borrowing a term here from soccer. I know it's an exhibition, an exhibition friendly. Is there that different in the term? But I just want to point out that's the tone for all these matches. They're all so friendly. They're all just trying to play good tennis, get good rest and get back into that competitive environment. And they all just want to prepare themselves to be in the best shape possible for when pro tennis returns. And, oh, this is why I brought up Riley Opelka, because I came here to this event, and I remember back in April I was thinking, you know, there was uh, someone sat, I don't know if it was Tommy Paul, I don't know even if it was Riley himself, who said he put on 15 pounds of quarantine weight. And that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but what, you know, perhaps does surprise me, disappointed me a little bit. Everyone showed up in such great shape here. You have guys like Mackie McDonald coming off of a torn hamstring uh, who looks as good as he ever has. Sam Query looks great. Brandon Nakashima, along with Riley Opelka, my performer of day one. I mean, the guy is just sensational. I would swear, but we're on video, and I want to keep things easier for Westoff. Uh, he's an effing stud, and you know what that F stands for. It's fantastic. He's a fantastic stud uh, because he has just looked so great. And all of the results he's put up over the past 15 months, all of the challenger semifinals, you know, the ascension up the ranking, I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. Uh, but, folks, in terms of floor for a player, I am guaranteeing you. It, uh, I can't control injuries, 
But if Brandon Nakashima stays healthy for the duration of his career, zero doubt he will be a top 100 player. Very minimal doubt he'll be a top 50 player. Now, once you start getting into the top 20, the top 10, you have to start thinking about weapons. You honestly have to be a little bit lucky as well to sustain a place there. And, you know, considering he's not even 19 years old yet, let's not go that far. Uh, But this guy is a stud. He's an up-and-coming American male prospect. He's exceptional, and I think you're all going to very much enjoy uh, as he continues to rise. And again, my theme is, to, uh, we'll get into his match in a little bit, but all of the players are in shape. Uh, the tennis we saw yesterday was high quality. And for those of you who are curious, it's a fast four format. That means it's no ad scoring, sets to four, tiebreaker at three all. Uh, let's start with that Opelka match over Steve Johnson because I sort of alluded to it. Just It's how casual Riley makes everything look now. The power is so easy. The fact that, and his coach Jay Berger drove down with him from, I believe, the Palm Beach Boca area. Uh, I was chatting with him a little bit because we had him on the podcast recently, so I wasn't too intimidated to go say hello. I was like, hey, you want to put a beautiful face next to this voice? Uh, And he was like, well, that's not a beautiful face. I was like, well, it's my face, so too bad. Um, But anyways, to sort of to continue to talk about Opelka, just the way he and Jay were analyzing this opportunity. You know, Opelka would go big on a couple of second serve returns on a big point. He was playing to win in the moment. And just the way Jay Berger said, hey, that's a good miss. That's what I want you doing. Um, it's clear that's what their focus is on, it, that the misses now that, you know, even if there's some compromise in level of play to try and continue to develop for the long-term future, that's the goal right now for that team, the long-term future. They're not just focused on the immediate uh, present. And then for Opelka, I say this time and time again, his serve is going to get better and better because it's just not as good as it could be right now. It's not as good as a John Isner's. It's not as good as an Ivo Karlovich's. But it's getting closer, folks. And once he hits that peak with that first serve, with that second serve, and I mean, I saw a bunch of second serve aces yesterday. Uh, He fought off, I think, three set points against Stevie Johnson in that first set to take an 11-9 breaker. Uh, And then, you know, he got an early break in the second set, and that set was over. And I'm not going to lie. I said it was a friendly. Steve Johnson hit more two-handed backhands during this exhibition match than I have ever seen him hit ever. And I've, you know, been watching him since that first 09 title he won with his USC team. Uh, So if that doesn't show it was a friendly, I don't know what will. Uh, But Opelka looked phenomenal. There's a reason so many of us, again, in the tennis Twitter community think he's the young American who's got the upside to win a Grand Slam in the future. By the way, I said all of that with my eyes closed. You can't see me. Um, But that just, you know, again, to to stay on point, there's a reason everyone's so excited for Opelka. I also thought Stevie looked great. I was like, oh, where's that two-handed backhand been my whole life? Uh, The forehand looked good. Second serve floated a little bit. I don't know if this was on or off the record, but I assume this was on the right. You know, he doesn't care that I say this story. Uh, He goes, yeah, man, I'm almost 30. Or he's like, I'm 30 now. Like, the body's old. And, I, you know, he said it sort of sarcastically, but it is interesting to think in mind, Steve Johnson is 30. Like, what is going on? I guess everyone, you know, it's really, yes. <laughs> I was, there was a gesture made um, in the background by one of our producers. I won't say who, it was Hannah. Uh, and it was deserved. I earned that. I, I didn't mean he's old. I meant it is shocking to me that a man who's that spry, that full of life, much like Hannah Thieneman, uh, is already 30 years old. Because to me, not a day over 21. Uh, and, you know, the bartenders would agree because she's always getting ID'd as well. Anyways, story for another time. Riley Opelka, big winner on day one. Brandon knocked. Kashima, other big winner on day one. And I mean, so I asked him because we had the chance to interview all the winners for about 10 minutes. And we said, you know, I was like, hey, it was, I know this doesn't really count, but was that your first top 50 sculpt beating Hubie Hercatch like he did yesterday? And I believe that match was 4 3 4 1. Um, and or was that a 4 3 4 1 or was that a 4 3 4 2 or uh, 4 3 4 2, I believe. Um, and, you know, either way, the point being, 
I don't know how you hurt Brandon Nakashima. The guy is just rocks out. Seriously, the way to hurt him might be to like bait him and be like, oh, you think you have an approach shot that you can move in on and then just pray you put a pass on his body because, you know, the volleys are probably the thing that's lagging the furthest behind. And he's not a top-tier athlete, but he's an adequate athlete. He moves well. He reads the game well. He can produce good power. Just the way he absorbs the pace of his opponent and redirects it. The guy's special. And to have those sort of skills, to be that fundamentally sound at age 18, again, such a high floor player. And I think that's what we're also excited about for his upside because his whole career, he's been a top junior until he went to college. Then he was a top college player. You know, for any freshman to beat a senior Petros Frisokos, that's nuts. And, you know, Brandon did. And so, again, just a huge credit to him, him and his team. It's also so clear how serious he takes all this, the preparation. He's the only guy who's texting JC and like, yo, when when is the Cracked Rackets team going to show up with the diadem balls because I want to practice with them before the EXO. And that's not to rip on him. That's to speak to his preparation, how serious, how dedicated he is to his craft. And it's so admirable. You know, there's the term too big to fail, right, for the banks and not to get political, but I'm an aviator, so it's only fitting. Um, but yeah, you know, I just think Brandon Nakashima, his game, his skills, too big to fail. So I will be shocked if at some point he's not a top 50 player on the ATP Tour. I already think he's got some skills in his game that are top 50. Now, for Hubie, Hubie goes down an early break in set one, breaks back. 4-3 set, he lost the breaker. It was, you know, an either-or sort of breaker. He loses it 4-2. I always say you, you take the most extreme for the exhibitions and you take that seriously, you know, whether it's someone really good, like Brandon Nakashima, whether it's match play 120, whatever it's been, he's been really good. Uh, you then take it here, he's been really good. Hubie Hercatch losing a match to Brandon, not a big deal at all. I don't think he's worried about it. Certainly, you know, he looked good. His skills were good. His coach was here as well. Actually, we walked to the site today because we're not staying too far away, and it was hilarious. Who do I see driving this beautiful top-down BMW? Hubie Hercatch and his coach. And I had the chance to chat with Hubie's coach for a little bit yesterday, and so I think he recognized my face. Certainly my eyebrows are one of a kind, and so he sees me walking on the sidewalk, and he's like, oh, that must be Gruskin. And he throws up his hand and gives me a peace sign in the Corvette as they're driving by, both he and Hubie. I was like, are Hubie and I friends? Did we just become friends? I think so. And so, you know, to match the Kowiak, I have to say, because I know Hubie's your guy. Um, But it was awesome to see him play, you know, in person, the feel he has, his touch, his movement for someone that size, uh, really special. So good match. Again, grain of salt. Do I really care about the loss for Hubie? No. Uh, But for Brandon, I think the win is much more significant. Uh, Then we get to our next matches. And again, these I'm going to go through pretty quickly because there just weren't that much action. I, all I have to say for the Sandgren Aragoni match, I love you, JC, but I think he would also speak to this fact, and in fact he has. To be a tournament director and a player, you know, this isn't the 1960s Boston Celtics. Bill Russell isn't coaching and playing on the team anymore. It's really difficult to do that because there's a lot of organizational things that go into hosting an event like this. And so the fact that JC was the first player, I think it was in the midst of a parking crisis that he was playing the match, which I'm not going to get into, but. Uh, it was tough for him, and certainly we didn't get to see his best tennis. Now, the flip side of that, you look at his opponent, you know, I believe JC yesterday, who did he play? He didn't play Query, he played Sandgren. I mean, you know who you definitely don't want to play when you're distracted? Tennis Sandgren, who's just physically, you know, 28 years old, in his physical prime. Guy's clearly been working out, staying in shape, and we had the chance to talk to him yesterday about that fact as well. Uh, Just too good from Sandgren. He knocks off JC easily. I have a lot of thoughts on 
whatever. I'm going to save those for another time. That'll be the post-podcast, my thoughts on each individual player. But lastly, you know, match-wise, I got to see Sam Query versus Mackie McDonald, and we had Mackie on the show yesterday, so you all got to hear from him. Uh, everything he said is true. The guy looks healthy. He's moving well. He's hitting well. The tennis looked good. He lost that first set breaker to Sam, but Mackie was up a mini-break, 5-4, and he actually had two serves to close out the set. Now, he ended up losing both of those points and wasn't able to do it, and that's part of the, hey, let's get some more match experience back under my belt before I'm back to my peak form. Uh, But the movement looked great. The ground strokes looked great. The calves looked great. I mean, the guy's a beast, and he's also one of the nicest players I've ever had the chance to come across. He's so kind to us here at Cracked Rackets, so you're never going to hear me malign Mackie McDonald. I will also say I got my first chance to speak to Sam Query. I might have fallen in love, folks. Yosemite Sam is for me. I mean, he just uh, I never has someone, and maybe it's because we're in person. Maybe it's because they don't want to make me feel bad. Maybe they're like, oh, this is this like one of the people, it's like a charity thing where he gets to do the interviews, and no, it's not. You know, we're here covering as the media. But after the interview, Sam goes, you know, oh, like, that was a really good interview, Alex. He's just like, that was a really good 10 minutes. And I was like, really? Like, thanks, man. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I thought that, like, he just kept going. And I was like, what? I love this guy. <laughs> it's like he's just so kind, so loving. It's my sort of energy. Also, he, you know, he's now rocking the American flag Babylon, which is, sorry, there's a little spittle there for those of you who are watching on YouTube. You don't have to see that in podcast form, but I just didn't want the YouTube viewers to have to view it. Sunglasses, a hat, and spittle would be too far. You can have two of the three. You can't have all three. Um, but anyways, for... You know, for for Sam Query, he's rocking the American flag Babylon racket, and my doubles partner, partner in crime, Maxwell Labauer Rothman, who some of you listeners know well, also rocks that racket. All I have to say, Maxie, is that you have to be at least Sam Query good from now on to use that racket because he puts you to shame. You think you have a big serve in forehand? Let me tell you, you do not. Sam Query has a big serve. Well, you do. But it's just recreational, right? His is the his is the good stuff. Uh, and so I would say, you know, Query exceptional. Just Played too big, hit Mackey off the court. Obviously, you know, in a tiebreaker, it's always going to favor the guy with the big weapons, the big serve, the big forehand. In this case, it did, and Sam Query ended up winning his match over Mackey. So that sets the scene for today. We have Mackey versus Stevie. We have, I believe, JC is taking on Hubie. That means in terms of the front draw matches, it's going to be Nakashima taking on uh, Sandgren. And then in our other match, we have Sam Query. Uh, taking on who is our last winner? I'm blanking out here. It's, it was inevitable that a blank out was going to happen. Sam Query is facing Riley Opelka, who ended up knocking off Steve Johnson. And so that was the tennis part. Now, quickly, I just want to go through what we learned from them about the current situation in professional tennis. And what we learned is there is more doubt surrounding the U.S. Open than perhaps you would think. Yes, as of now, the event is scheduled to go. But you talk to these players and, you know, you ask them, hey, given what happened at the Adria Tour, given what happened, uh, you know, what's happening across the globe with all these exhibition events, with all the travel bans still in place, with just the rising case count for these coronavirus. And Again, I'm really happy we're doing this on video because I'm a hand talker, and I would be doing these hand gestures even if you couldn't see it in video form, but now that we're doing this on YouTube, we can. And by the way, to all of you listeners, the reason I keep bringing this up, you don't want to miss any of our content. We're going to be on the road a lot over the next six weeks. There's going to be a lot of video content. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel right now. Not only would you be doing Super Producer Daniel Westoff a huge favor, but you're, just, you're not going to want to miss anything because we've done a lot of good interviews already, and it'll just, you'll get that straight pop-up. 
by hitting that subscribe button. But speaking of straight pop-up, I think we're all expecting that the U.S. Open is just going to straight pop up on the schedule. And it's really not at this point. You can tell there is uncertainty for these players. You know, personal decisions. We're talking to Sam Query, and as of now, he's ready to go. He's playing World Team Tennis. He's ready to play. Uh, but there's a guy who had a kid four months ago, and he talked about even being here, you know, being a, not being in Europe with his young family, which is what he had planned to do. Uh, how, he talked about how it sucked. You know, it was the flip side of what tennis player gets to spend the first four months of a, their newborn's uh, life with them. Very rarely is that the case, and so he talked about this being a blessing as well. But, you know, it's certainly a concern for him. It's a concern for all of these people. And, you, you know, but then you have the flip side for Riley Opelka, who says, look, Personally, I am not concerned. I think I am, you know, the sort of age group and, you know, the statistics. It's, it's a buzz thing to say this because, you know, especially here in Florida, you know, the, the case count, the average age of people who are getting COVID is becoming younger and younger because so many young people have been careless because of this perception that, you know, COVID doesn't influence or affect young people the way it does older people, people with respiratory issues. And again, I'm not a scientist. We're not here to litigate that. Uh, but I am here to say that, you know, Opelka talks about, A, are there going to be people who step out, uh, who decide not to play the event? He thinks certainly yes. And then part B of that equation is, uh, will they even be able to have the event logistically? Where Will players be able to travel over? And is, is it just feasible to keep that many players in one area for that amount of time? Unclear. So there is a lot still in the air, a lot we need to learn. And again, I look forward to having more and more conversations with these players. You're going to get to hear a lot of these conversations as well, as I mentioned, as they will be on our Cracked Interviews podcast. They will be on our YouTube channel in video form as well. And I've been rocking sunglasses and hats and gear. And again, I, I am the epitome of Miami right now. You don't want to miss out on that image. So go watch these in YouTube form and then to go hear the details later because you're just going to spend 20 minutes staring at my beautiful looks. You know, I was initially going to go one button down for this YouTube, but then Dalton said, no, you cannot under any circumstance show you the bat signal that's on your chest. And so I said, okay, that's fair. So I buttoned it back up, but you want to see that. So go check out this on our YouTube channel. And again, we're going to have interviews day in, day out. Uh, we are going to keep doing these on video while we are here. This is day two. Day three will be tomorrow. Of course, we go from here to Lexington for another fantastic eight-person challenger, uh, eight-person challenger, eight-person exhibition event, excuse me, uh, this time a women's event that is going to happen at our friends at, at the Top Seed Club in Lexington, Kentucky. And so we're rocking and rolling here at Crack Rackets. And, you know, again, I want to give a huge shout-out to the people who support us during these journeys, our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15. Uh, our friends at Diadem, who are providing balls not just for this exhibition event, but providing balls for our ITA event we are hosting in Indianapolis as well. And so we want to just give them a huge shout-out again. And I should say, last but not least, we're in their home state. I got to talk to their former college coach yesterday. Shout-out to our friends at Aerobar. You know, I, I can't be eating a lot of food right now when I'm on the road, when i got to be moving, i got to be fluid. You know, I can't just be like, oh, I just ate this huge sandwich, and now I've got this stomach, so I can't really do this interview, and I'm burping all over our guests. That's just disgusting. And so I've been trusting Aerobars all week long. I think you should be trusting them, too. They are delicious. They're, you know, not only the te- only tennis-specific energy alternative energy bar out there, something that will give you the sort of fuel you need to get your best performance on the court, but, folks, even if you're not playing tennis, they're a delicious alternative. You want to start your day right. Get the sort of nutrients you need. Just pop open an aero bar. It's not very hard. It's very easy to tear. If I can do it, you can do it. You're going to take up. You're going to look at it. You're going to say, wow, this looks delicious. Some of you are going to be weird and smell it and go, ooh, it smells delicious, too. And then you're going to take a bite like this. And it's going to be delicious. 
I really apologize to those of you listening to the podcast because you're actually listening to a podcast with me eating food in my mouth. But the reason I took a bite was for the sake of the video. I'm going to finish chewing now. I'm going to do this quickly. I'm going to talk through chewing. This, folks, is literally me at my finest. I'm, this is a fireball offense probably, and I apologize to you in the background, Dalton, but he's giving me the thumbs up. So I'm going to keep rolling. Anyways, ooh, that was really good. I'm going to take a second bite as soon as I'm done with this podcast. The point is you can get yourself an AeroBar by going to their website, aerobar.com, using our promo code CRACK15. You'll get 15% off as well. And, folks, don't let nutrition be the reason you're not making your return to the tennis court. Trust your health to AeroBar, and you will be rewarded. So aerobar.com, the promo code is CRACK15. Again, couple of shout-outs before we go. Huge shout-out to J.C. Aragoni, everyone here, all of the contributors at the Altex Steislinger Tennis Exhibition because it has just been a phenomenal event. Shout-out, as always, to the super producer, Daniel Westhoff, as well as Hannah and Dalton Thieneman, who are helping with production all week long. They have been in the background for this video uh, to ensure that I don't screw up. I also love a crowd. Brings out my best performance, so shout-out to the two of them as well. And shout, you know, again, for all of you who are curious, we will be here all week long. This event ends Wednesday. We're going to Lexington right after that. You don't want to miss out any of the coverage. You don't want to miss out on any of the content. So be sure to just set that website, crackrackets.com, as your homepage. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube will be providing videos, highlights, interviews all week long. So go follow those as well at crackrackets, at greatshotpod. But with all that being said, for our wonderful sponsors at Midwest Sports Diadem Aerobar, our super producers, Daniel Westhoff this weekend, Dalton Thieneman, Hannah Thieneman, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks, that's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.